Welcome to the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, your premier North American rugby podcast. Growing rugby, one fan at a time. Welcome, rugby fans. It's episode 119 of the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. My name is Ty the Saffer Braga. Joining me here, of course, is Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt. In absence of Scott the Big Guy Ferrara, it'll be us two doing Around the Pitch in just a moment. This ball represents the game we love. A game. Fueled by passion. But there are those who wear no number, nor are they in the locker room or the field of play. But they are there for every high and every low. Yes, they are watching every kick, tackle, and try score. Yes, they are there for when you need them most. Because they are the Major League Rugby fans. And the time has come for you to stand with your team. Join us at shopmlr.com today. As you know, every week we try to be able to highlight what rugby fans should have noticed or maybe went under the radar, something we wanted to push to the forefront. So what would it be this week? I'm just going to throw it straight to you, my friend. Thanks. I just want to announce, and I don't know about under the radar, but I think it's worth noting that the Chicago Hounds are going to have an open combine on Sunday, Mm -hmm. January 29th. I'm going to try to be there and cover it. Uh, I think my I'm son. Like, I'm going to try to be there and, and watch it, not do it. <laughs> right. No, my son, I think he put me on the list because he thought it would oh, be nice. funny to do like some 52 year old fat guy is going to be run running a, some Broncos. That's going to be next a, week's uh, around the pitch, by the yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. that uh, The Bronco will not be happening. Uh, you, but you'll see me. Uh, it'll be pulling a hammy with the hammer. That's going to be the same. All right. Oh, that's, yeah. I like that. It's a, so, a new show, pulling a yeah. hammy with the hammer. <laughs> yeah so um and it runs from 10 o'clock to three o'clock at sea geek stadium i think it's worth noting i think the value in this is that mm-hmm. um that it 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 opens up the hounds to the greater uh you know midwest rugby community inviting right. players to have their shot they can't say that 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 an avenue has been closed to any anybody who thinks that they can bring value to an mlr team yeah, and have a shot at actually making a professional career of rugby. Um, there's a lot of great talent here in the Midwest that has been uh, underserved for quite a while when it comes yeah. to professional rugby. So I'm I'm fairly certain. I mean, I'm one state over in Iowa, as you know, and it's mm-hmm. with all the local rugby are posting it. They've got boys coming in from all different corners of uh, of the Midwest to be able to try that out. And I also love on top of that, that you said, it's being held at SeatGeek Stadium, which it gives you the right environment, the right atmosphere, you know, really makes you feel like you're actually having a shot at a professional side, uh, which is nice to be able to see. So good on them. And hopefully they do find some great talent. 
And talking about finding great talent, I want to send a shout out to uh, the organization at Nola Gold. Uh, they've always been one of those sides, as you know, Rob, I don't have to preach to the choir on this one. Uh, you know how many names you've seen that they've brought in through from, uh, you know, Lindenwood and all the other great universities. And I mentioned that because, of course, your, your son does go there. Um, but they do focus on nurturing that talent and helping it reach the next level. And they've done that with three young guys right now. And this is good to be able to highlight because they're all the next generation of great American rugby players. Uh, first name, I wanted to be able to bring up Sam Klimkowski, um, formerly the Giltini's first yeah. round pick in 2021. Obviously didn't get a lot of game time. He was playing among really, really great talent uh, in a really, really great season uh, that led them to be able to be the victors of the entire thing. Um, so you're looking for a guy, you're looking at a guy here who now has an opportunity to be signed to a senior side, looking for more game time, um, but it's an American talent and discovered through the pathways of MLR draft, which is great to be able to see. The next one, Gerald McDowell, um, came through actually the American Raptors, which of course is the hot topic for today, um, and then moved on to to uh, the gold. Um, so there's another pathway that's uh, uh, for a player that might not have existed without that. Um, and then Annalisa Matetu uh, from South Africa originally, from Iowa Central as well, uh, then moved on to Lindenwood. Uh, and then now on to uh, Nola Gold. So it's great to be able to see that. Now, they, there's an interesting pathway. you got a, uh, a community college program, Iowa Central, on to uh, a further honors with Lindenwood, elevated himself, spotted as a talent, going to the academy, played the, uh, the America's Rugby Premiership. Um, so really, it's good to be able to see three young guys. Uh, and by the way, um, he also, Matetu, is, I believe, this year, in his fifth year, consecutive year in the U.S., which means that he's going to be eligible at the end of the season to play for the USA. So another great uh, one there. Let's hand it over to you, Rob. What else you got? Yeah. So first of all, yeah, uh, Ani is a, a friend uh, of, of Preston, so um, we're very familiar with him, and we wish him all the best as he continues with the gold. Of course, that's a, a big, a big heart of mine, I guess you'd say, but I want to talk about uh, another area for rugby development. Rugby Illinois has a, a, a raffle going on. Um, you can purchase raffle tickets at rugbyillinois.org. Uh, and there's kind of the development fundraiser. It's a hundred dollar ticket, kind of steep. Um, but the first prize is a package for four to watch England versus Ireland at Aviva in Dublin. So pretty fabulous stuff. Second prize is a package for two to watch France versus Ireland at Aviva in Dublin. And then the third prize is a 72-inch TV and a one-year subscription to watch rugby. This is all thanks to the Irish rugby tours and the Chicago Hounds. So, you know, anybody can enter. Anybody can win those fabulous prizes. Um, and you're, you're, you're essentially you're helping to raise money for Rugby Illinois and again, close to my heart because uh, I've coached with these uh, with this program, and Preston is going to be helping out with their uh, high nice. school development sides as well. So, so where uh, do they like go to, to be able to participate, Rob? Yeah, there's um, uh, we, we can post it on uh, the fan zone, and we'll we'll mm -hmm. post it. Um, you know, uh, it, we'll post a link, uh, but there's a QR code to purchase tickets, and again, it's at uh, rugbyillinois.org um, right. slash. Uh, I think it's P. Slash, um, slash, 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 yeah, slash. We'll post it. R-I-L right dash development dash fundraiser. So exactly. Make it really easy to find it. Um, yeah. I'm definitely going to go for the first prize on that one, right? With South Africa. I love how it's like those first two prizes are absolutely amazing. 
and then the drop off is really fast. They're like, and you can go here and watch it, or you can just watch it at home on TV. Yeah, you get a seventy-two inch TV, and and unfortunately, you know, it'll be almost life size as you watch the players. Right, I do like it. That's that's any one of those would be a great uh, prize. Um, I'm going to dive into the last piece of the year, and this is really tying into our conversation a little bit later. For those of you that are paying attention, uh, the American Raptors have now been announced to officially be joining the Super Rugby Americas. It's the refreshed, uh, refreshed comp- competition ooh, words, of the uh, SLA, formerly known as. It'll be seven teams, seven venues, American Raptors, of course, being the American counterpart, now participating in, in lieu of uh, Columbia stepping out. And they've gone to be able to find more rich rugby talent. And they found that in the former Austin Gilgroni with Christian Osberg. Uh, he's one of the more recent signings. I would not be surprised that this might be one of many coming over from the MLR, looking for serious game time and an opportunity to be able to grow themselves as a professional rugby player in front of uh, USA Rugby eyes. Of course, Glendale is the home of our USA Rugby 15s program, so it could be a smart move for some great talent. Uh, so stay on the lookout, and you might see some interesting things coming out of Glendale in regards to the American Raptors. And on that note, we're going to dive into that in just a few moments as we bring on two great rugby elites of the past, one with the Utah Warriors and the former USA Eagle, John Cullen, and then secondly, Dave Fee, also a former USA Eagle player and also now a rugby coach with the U18s. They'll be back with us in a moment as we talk about more of this American Raptors thing going on with the Super Rugby Americas just after we hear more from one of our sponsors. All right, perfect. Okay. All right, cool. All right, I got to run. Yep. I'm out. All right, appreciate it, Matt. Take care. See you. Tighthead Brewing Company is not just Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers. It is also a great place to enjoy local acts performing live music every Thursday and Saturday nights. Additionally, their Wednesday night trivia nights are something not to be missed. Tighthead is located in Mundelein, Illinois, and easily accessible for many Chicagoans, as it is just steps away from the metro. Owner Bruce Durr and the Tighthead staff are dedicated to ensure your microbrew experience is as tight as their beers. Bruce's love for rugby extends beyond the origin of his brewery's name. Tighthead is committed to supporting the rugby community. This includes his support for Lake County RFC and our own Rugby Rant podcast show. Tighthead's tap room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and teammates can meet, socialize, and enjoy the wide variety of brews on tap. Regardless of whether your palate enjoys a good IPA or dark barrel-aged brew, Tighthead can deliver. Hey, Chicago, when you want rugby, Tighthead Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst. Tighthead, it's worth more than a try. Welcome, rugby fans. It's that time again to join us here on the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. Again, a quick reminder, my name is Ty the Safa Braga. Joining me alongside, of course, is my uh, compatriot, Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt. But to be able to tackle this 
debate, which, as you know, is an important one in the rugby landscape. We'll talk about it why, but we're brought in two of the big guns of our previous seasons. That is John Cullen, former Utah Warrior and former USA Eagle, in addition to another Eagle on screen as well, with Dave Fee, also now in a firm and uh, uh, position in coaching. Uh, The U18s, U20s, the development in USA Rugby is in his hands and with the next generation in mind. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Anyone can talk. (laughs) (laughs) Open forum. I'll just say that the fine hat that Dave Fee is wearing, um, you know, pick that up at American Rugby Outfitters. Yeah, I've been around long enough to know you'll always let, you know, the big guy, the forwards go first. So, you know, I, was like, <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Well, gentlemen, let's talk about how this is going to happen today. It's been a hot topic among the rugby fan circles online and everywhere else is the new emerging professional rugby contest, the refreshed Super Rugby uh, Americas from its former uh, position known as the Slaw. Uh, now it has the inclusion of the American Raptors, who of course have their home in Glendale, Colorado, the former uh, Glendale Raptors, uh, Colorado Raptors. You know, we've seen different iterations of them, but this most recent one will now finally see this uh, next evolution in their crossover athlete program, kind of graduating to higher honors and being a part of this professional outfit, which will include seven sides, seven venues from North America and down all the way to South America. In fact, it has seven sides, one from Chile, two from Argentina, one from Uruguay, Brazil, Paraguay, and of course the USA making up the final part of the seven. They are actually replacing uh, Colombia, who unfortunately had some financial restraints that prevented them from entering this competition this time around, opens up a door for the USA to be able to continue their uh, mission to be able to create professional athletes to be able to uh, cultivate the next generation of rugby superstars to take on the world. So with all that being said, we're here to be able to debate whether we believe that this competition can add value to the American rugby landscape with this uh, competition in mind. Uh, So gentlemen, I'm just going to hand it over first to be able to let you guys discuss this point. That's the overarching question that fans have been asking. Will it add value to the American landscape? And we're going to hand over to John Cullen first to be our speaker. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to start my point off. Like every great debate is uh, stealing something from someone smarter than me. (laughs) And right before we jumped on, I think just the comment that Dave made alone that, Hey, those first four games, five games, man, they're really up against it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, just that comment alone tells me that this competition is going to be good for their development and development of rugby. Because if Glendale joined the MLR and they played their first five games against any MLR team, would everyone be like, oh, man, they're really up against it? Or would it be like, oh, yeah, they'll have some tough games. Maybe it's snowing and San Diego got a warm day. But they're like, man, they have to go play against the Chileans and the Argentinian team and this team and that team. So, I mean, just that comment alone tells me it's going to be good for development. And and along the lines of, I think a lot of people have said, you know, whether it's going to help 
and I know, and we got to be kind of specific, right? North American rugby, or is it going to help South American rugby? Is it going to help American rugby? Um, I mean, I want to say yes, but also if we look at recent results, why, why in any way, shape or form would the South Americans have any care about the development of our rugby? They seem to be doing just fine with whatever they have going on down there amongst themselves. I think Glendale yeah, specifically is going to reap the benefits of that competition. I don't know if it's going to disperse into everyone else, but I could never say that Glendale is not going to get better. And for North American rugby fans to be mad about it, I mean, the MLR and North American players and players in the States or Canadians are, are not entitled to anyone else's rugby development. Like you should just appreciate the opportunities you get. So more rugby is better, right? Yeah, of course, of course. And whether we are involved more and, yeah, I would love to see a perfect um, joining together mm-hmm. that actually becomes like a Super Rugby America or some cro- – any way, shape, or form, right. crossover game, things like that when the money makes sense for sure. But people being mad that Glendale made a decision to go join what is probably a higher level of play right now if we're talking about this weird national team result correlation you have to say there's better um yeah i think i think it's only better i'd love to see more crossover teams playing i'm sure the players and all everyone involved Mm -hmm. would enjoy those type of games yeah and you know you bring up a really good point there as you said probably a higher level of rugby so what would suggest that well the recent disappointment of the world cup rugby campaign where we competed against south american sides we saw how much they've grown in the last four year cycle and obviously we know where the u.s ended up so really we have to just on that basis alone assume that this competition is going to help raise the level or at least help us participate at a higher level uh, and that's one of the key takeaways that i enjoy there uh, from you john and more rugby is great you know do we have to debate whether it's good uh, for for the general landscape right now we, we maybe not but except to be able to look at the fact that will it help um, this organization and rugby players play at a higher level i like how you're thinking a little bit smaller yes it will help glendale yes it will put them in a professional league yes it will allow those players to play at a higher uh, level of rugby which ultimately is going to help rugby take a step forward how great a step forward is debatable and that's what we leave to the next person here dave fee take the floor yeah, thanks. You know, uh, thanks for having me. Great to be here. And, uh, you know, I'll pick up a little bit on, on you know, what John said. I think more rugby is good rugby. And, and Ty, you nailed it. Why are we here? Well, the Chileans are in the World Cup next year. The Argentinians are in the World Cup next year. The, the Uruguayans are in the World Cup next year. And the United States and Canada are left at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as a coach, you know, you want what's best for your players. And I think this competition is going to provide uh, some outstanding competition to be challenged. You know, you look at the young 10, uh, Lini Latu, who went on that Falcons tour down to South America. Right. I think it was announced today that the Raptors are bringing in an Argentinian, nine, who has about 100 appearances for Argentina. So when you think about it, is that going to help Latu's development as an American 10 being paired with an Argentinian nine with 100 caps? I I think so. You know, you look at the schedule, they're going to play the, the Seltenham team, which won that championship a year ago mm-hmm. up front. Uh, then Penarol, uh, which also has won a championship down there. Um, a, a new Argentinian team. 
So the competition is going to going to provide a lot of challenges. I was in Glendale uh, last summer when I saw him do the America's Challenge Cup, and you know I think they lost sixty nine nothing to that Jaguars team, which which is, <laughs> yeah, that was a solid team. <laughs> yeah, and that was a young team, right? That wasn't even the, the full Jaguars team. Yeah. And then I think they played that Penarol side, and again lost to a young Penarol side because they mm-hmm. were getting ready for the World Cup, and I think it was a twenty six to ten game. So. Um, again, you know, my comment that they're going to be up against it uh, is true, um, but I think it's going to provide some awesome challenges. And, you know, I think it's going to provide a lot of, you know, we haven't hit on the American aspect, right? You've got mm-hmm. guys like Ronan Murphy out of, out of St. Mary's. I think he's captain in the team this year. Um, Ethan McVeigh, um, Aki Pulu is another young 10 that a lot of people are talking about. So it's providing these American kids a great opportunity to go play in some quality competition. Um I don't know, maybe John would agree going to Buenos Aires and Santiago, Chile might be better than going to Atlanta and New Orleans. Um, so it's a, it, it's a good travel schedule as well, too. And I think it's going to be exciting. It's going to be some great rugby. And for these American kids that may be holding tackle shields, uh, you know, on the practice fields of the MLR teams, right. this is going to give them an opportunity to not only, you know, be exposed to high level daily training environments, but give them an opportunity to play as well. Yeah, and you know, on that note, uh, giving them an opportunity to play, I wanted to kind of use that as a springboard into one of the other things. I recently had the opportunity to be able to listen to a DNVR podcast, Colton Strickler, shout out to him. Um, does a great job of being able to, you know, um, to be able to cover all the ongoings there in Glendale, in particular, with, of course, with the Raptors. Mark Bullock, the director of rugby there, identified one of the great, you know, um, things that will be secondary benefit to being able to have this program be elevated to compete at this level is that you'll have a lot of great talent that in the MLR landscape didn't necessarily get as much game time as they could have or should have because the competition's high at that level. It's the highest that we can offer. So you've got guys um, who might have an opportunity to be able to play professional rugby there. You know, would it be easy to be able to make the transition? I think so. Will they be knocking on those doors if they're not getting in the doors that they want to get in? For sure. So we don't know what that would look like right now, um, but we are seeing players from Argentina. We are seeing players from Colombia coming to play there. Uh, Colombia, of course, lost their professional franchise, who hasn't lost it, but is not participating this year. So you will see a lot of this relationship blossom over the season and the next season to come. Um, and giving players an opportunity to play professional rugby, whereas they might not necessarily have that otherwise. Even if they're signed to an MLR side, they might not be getting the game time. And that's important that everybody gets more game time to become better. And I like that you brought that point up there, Dave. Thank you very much. Let's hand it over to the hammer. So uh, I'm going to take this point a little off of what John said, and that is uh, if indeed we're talking about uh, another competition there's this other competition in competition in, in a sense for the hearts and minds of the American rugby public. So, you, you know, with the MLR, so you're going to have these two organizations kind of almost pitted against one another. Now on this face of at least in 2023, are we going to see that competition, them butt heads initially? No, I don't think so. They can, they can be independent as we've talked about, as Dave mentioned, there's a lot of young guys going to that Raptor side, but, if we see this uh, Super Rugby America's competition progress in the way that the vision has been laid out with the likes of Canada coming in with the potential rumors are swirling about about another American side coming in, um, do we see a competition for players, right, to, to, to raise the level of the Super Rugby America's competition? Do they 
do they really seek out uh, other American players to come in those sides to bolster their rosters, you know, two or three or four seasons down the road. And so, yeah, I think there's going to be, there's going to be a competition there, but at the end of the day, if there is, that'll make the, the organization stronger because they'll have to do things cleaner. They'll have to do things better when there's a competition, right? You have to perfect your craft if you want to set yourself ahead. So we, we may see that residual effect. Um, note, and I think this is important for people who are listening because there's always this talk about, you know, the MLR should develop players and this, that, and the other. You got to remember that these two competitions are different in their approach. The MLR is your typical, you know, sports model where it's a business first, right? They're trying to put butts in seats and they're trying to make money just like every other major sport in the United States. And so whether that's bringing in or bringing back Ma'anonu to put more butts in San Diego or, or whatever, that's what they're going to do as opposed to what Glendale is trying to do, which is develop, as Dave talked about, American talent. Mm-hmm. And that's their objective is to try to help Americans develop to play, you know, uh, at a higher level here in the United States. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what, if both competitions progress, where this goes two, three, four, five years down the line. Um, and let's also think about this. We've talked to some people, uh, names will not be mentioned. Um, but, uh, rumors are swirling about, you know, world rugby supports this endeavor, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. World rugby has a lot of purse strings. So we can only suggest that world rugby will probably be throwing some money at this competition. We know that they've already done it in South America. We'd venture to guess that some of that money will be heading towards the competition in North America. Right. I, I want to be able to just hone in on that point just for a moment. The benefits are obvious, right, is when you get more uh, of a powerful purse, you can do a lot more. Everybody knows that rugby development comes down to money. Where's the money? Where's the money? Where's the money? We just know. That's where all roads lead. So it's not entirely, but there's a huge chunk of money that's being supported by uh, uh, World Rugby. And why? Well, they've seen the, 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 the proof in the pudding for, as we pointed out, Chile, Uruguay, Argentina. Now, let's dive one layer deeper. Why? Because they have all roads lead to one professional franchise. All their talents, all of their skill, all of their resources is provided in one direction. And that direction is, has a vision that is unified. And this is what really Glendale has tried to be able to do. As you said, when this evolves two or three or however many years down the road, we're actually into that next step in the evolution. The Glendale Raptors exiting the MLR, um, well, then was called the Colorado Raptors. You know, kind of started there, there, the Colorado XO, then the crossover athlete program, then the, the Raptors, and now we're onto this. Everybody knew they had to be able to get into a professional league to be able to make that next step forward. Yeah. They're doing that. But in doing so, they are moving a little bit farther away from their crossover athlete core philosophy. In fact, they refer to them now as the crossover athletes, right? Because they're either, whichever way you want to describe it, rugby players with limited experience, whatever it is. I've heard several different definitions, but they're bringing in talent from, from other areas. So, there, and why I bring this up is we might be seeing a little bit of a step away from the roster traditionally seen from them, where it's all USA-based players. We know that with Argentina, we know there's going to be a Colombian influence. Now, what if that team ends up being more than 50% not American? 
because it's in an international contest. Does it still add value? That's an interesting question, right, gentlemen? Yeah, I mean, it, you kind of got to call a spade a spade, right? It's only inevitable. They mm-hmm. they did the crossover thing. We all scoffed and chuckled and laughed. And as, you know, the definition of a crossover athlete into rugby, uh, probably one of the few that can speak very candidly, um, <laughs> it, it only goes so far. You can only do right. so much. I walked into my first Eagles camp as – yeah, probably one of the better at the time, if it wasn't for Samu or someone like that, the better, if not best athlete at my position. And I remember I talked to people now, looking back, I thought I should be playing. I thought I should be starting. I'm bigger, faster, stronger, da 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 da, da. And I was like, I didn't know shit about how to play. <laughs> better yeah, like, hindsight, right? Now, like, just the fact, and I can joke about it now, obviously, but like right, being right. competitive, in the time, I had no idea. I didn't know what I didn't know. But like looking back now of how I thought I should play the game to how mm-hmm. the game should be played, I had no business being on right. a test. The benefit team. of experience, right, tells you that now. It's not even close. And I know they played a couple of those games and they played like some U.S. club rugby sides that, of course, mm-hmm. you can run around them for 60 minutes with athletes. Right. I mean, it's amateurs versus pro- professionals. So. And try to prove a point. But then you're going to see you go to down south. You go down to these South American teams with guys that have played for a very long time. They don't care. I promise you I've played against the Uruguayans and the Chileans. They do not care how big you are, how fast you are. How They do not care. You're going to get cut right mid-shin every time you carry the ball, and it does not matter if you can't out-rugby play these guys. You're not going to out-athlete them. Right. So they probably learned that a little bit. They're going to learn it even more. And yeah, they're the mission statements are slowly. There's going to be some fat trimmed off the mission statements of this crossover American mm-hmm. only principles, right? And, and I think that's okay because you know they're adding you know more rugby experience. I think one of the challenges, as John would attest to, is, is age. You know, so they're bringing some of the you know what was crossover athletes, and you know they're mm-hmm. they're 24, 25, 26 years old, and unfortunately, you know by the time they get the the time on the job needed, they're, they're probably aged out and. You know, is it worth the total right. investment? But I think we would it's also broken. say athletes like David, <laughs> I mean, athletes like David Still and John Cullen are the guys that we do want playing our game, and that is right. the level of athlete that will you know propel us to that next level. I mean, you, you see what David Still's doing on the sevens team. And right. Again, I know he's a diamond in the rough, um, but if they could supplement some of those you know, fantastic mm-hmm. athletes. Well, yeah, I mean, Diamond with, in the Rough. With an Argentinian nine, you, mm. know, with, you know, and things like that. I think that's where the trajectory is. And, you know, every American rugby player would probably say that the best thing for our country was the ITTs. And mm-hmm. if this does, you know, our country is different in that we're not the size of, you know, Ireland and England right. and, you know, where, where everyone can get in their car and drive to London in two hours. I and mean, we've got a, a big financial deficit because of the size of our country. And, if this becomes regional, I think, you know, that that's what this, you know, what I hear as Rob talks about expansion. So there's a team in Canada coming. There's a team in Mexico coming. Well, the, the team in Canada, yeah, was going to be the BC. Well, um, oh, gosh, it was going to be out of Vancouver. I can't remember the name. Mm-hmm. They, they participated yeah, in the yeah. America's Challenge Cup as the Ravens, but they would have gone by some other name. They, they obviously pulled out because of money. Columbia pulled out because of money. Um, we hope to be able to see another American side or another Canadian side. But the expectation is that this would grow to 10 sides within the next three seasons. 
Um, do you think that that's a reasonable target, Dave, from seven to ten? I think ten sounds like a lot. Um, you know, I think they have six or seven. You know, which was working down in South America. Could right. I see four in the U.S., a Canadian team and a Mexican team, and you know, see six North American, six South American? Mm-hmm. That that seems a little bit more realistic. And 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 where this thing goes, you know, I, nobody has a crystal ball, but I think in the short term, that sounds a little bit more realistic. Yeah. When you talk about the, the amount of players we need, you know, Americans competing in a quality competition, you know, I think you hear world rugby talk about the number of, you know, 120, you know, or so. So if that's mm-hmm. 30 guys on a roster, that's, that's four teams, right? So that's 120 American players competing, you know, together, very similar to the Seldom teams, to the Penaral teams, playing together, training together. And if we can do that, I mean, that, that, that's the optimism I think we all have, you know, for 2731, right? And, Absolutely. You know, which is positivity we need coming out of, you know, a dismal 22. Rob, I want to propose the next question to you that many fans have proposed online. Is this really just competition to Major League Rugby and does it diminish the player pool? Well, I think it is competition. Maybe, again, maybe not this season necessarily because you only have one team in Glendale. It looks like they're attracting a lot of real young players for development but you know again if the if the vision is to expand to two or three or four sides in the u.s one side in bc um i mean let's face it did the mlr have a player welfare issue in the offseason yes if teams step forward in this competition and they can create a a player a, a positive player welfare situation where the you know the housing's good the health care is good the snc is good the you know they they help i mean just the general health care you know like glendale i don't know whether people know this but glendale i mean is subsidized by the city so you right. know I, if i'm not mistaken Tell you, all those things are taken care don't of those players get that you know get essentially the same you know workman's comp everything else that mm-hmm. city employees get Yes. Now that's an advantage they have. But if you're, yeah. If you're, if you're a player and you're looking at what happened in the MLR and you're looking at that and you're thinking, do I get paid the same? Yeah. Maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less, but I get the healthcare. I get some of these other things. I get, you know, pretty good facilities. That's not bad. Right. Yeah, so it can be a pretty good life. It, 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 you know, so, you know, when, when you look at it that way through that lens, you really begin to understand that at some point this may be a competitive atmosphere between these two, you know, competitions mm-hmm. and players may be making a seriously different, well, maybe not a difficult choice for them, but it may be a difficult choice for the fans of MLR teams or fans of, you know, whatever teams develop out of this competition. Well, well I think, you know, you gotta, you gotta clarify when you say players, for American players, again, you know, yes. the MLR has come yes. out and said it several times. I mean, their goal is to create a business. And right. you know, we now right. have a, a team here in Chicago and they're expanding. And, you know, I think Luke White, you know, may have signed who came from that original Glendale program. And so so there's a lot of things happening there. And I think it's just a different player, you know, that yep. they want to, you know, do, do things a different way. And so I think Glendale is trying to focus on a different player. And so for an American kid who can get paid, get the benefits, and then you add in, get playing time and a chance to, you know, showcase to the Eagles, the Falcons, those types of things. I think that's where, you know, you may have, you know, guys having to make some tough decisions, but, you know, for guys on the twilights of their careers, you know, from South Africa, New Zealand or England, I, I think, you know, the option's still there to come and, right. and, and, you know, and create, you know, an exciting product for those who want to see, you know, competitive. But, 
But that being said, I mean, isn't the thought by the American sport, uh, rugby fan is that at some point down the road, the hope is that rugby grows to the point where those rugby rosters are dominated by American players, right? And that the American standard is raised. But again, if some of those players are being attracted to another competition, you know, does it make that developmental process more difficult? Yeah, and I know there's, you know, a local Kruger, you know, he's he's playing Ohio State, you know, high high projections. I think, you know, he's been with the uh, Free Jacks, probably isn't getting the time he he needs. And, you know, I think maybe, you know, making another choice into his uh, career, you know, rather than coming back to rugby. As I say, I think it it depends on each MLR team's path, view, and finances on development. How much Mm -hmm. time do they have? for a guy to actually develop? How long can they keep them in an academy? Do they even have an academy? Like, this is a whole, a whole yeah. different discussion, I know, but it would all depend on how much they value development over well, the, next year, next roster, next year, next roster. One of the interesting It looks like teams have it. invested in that in, in, yeah. the, in, the, in the, um, the America's premier rugby premiership this fall. I mean, that was mm-hmm. one of the things knowing, you know, Nola, they didn't have a D1 team there. But right. with the with their ability to get into that competition, it allowed some of those fringe roster guys, you know, guys like you know, um, Moni's bro, Moni Tungawi's brother uh, Junior, guys like uh, Ross Eppershmidt, you know, guys like Aaron Matthews showed out and you know could break into that roster. Um, so you know, I, I guess my point is, it offered them an opportunity to compete at a higher level of competition. Would American mm-hmm. players in that position go? Mm-hmm. You know, right. which one would I rather, which one is more attractive to me? The way I see it, though, is MLR sides are actually competing against each other for players, right? They're trying to be able to find the next better talent or develop the next better talent and keep that talent if they've developed it rather than going to another side. But they're spending their money to be able to develop that player. Whereas Glendale is trying to be able to step outside of that and they're finding fresh talent that might not necessarily have been spotted before. David Still, you've mentioned that name before. Uh, we've got other players that have transitioned from the Raptors into the MLR that might not necessarily have been given that opportunity, but they have, with the platform, they have now have got that chance. And there might be some people, if that platform becomes big enough, move from the MLR to this new version of right. the Super Rugby Americas because it's about the stage that they set. And right now, that stage appears to be, on paper, possibly more competitive and greater longevity in terms of if your goal is to develop rugby players to c- exceed expectations and reach higher levels of success, which is national service for America. So well, there certainly is a lot to be able to be gained. Um, sorry, Rob, you wanted to be able to jump yeah, well, in How red-assed would a team be if they put time and, and, and money into the development of a young player? From the, Let's take Young Glory. We know Tim Brown well, right. doing a great job at if they develop a player from the time they're 12, you know, 10, 12, 13, 14, 15, they do go through young glory. They go through the developmental team. And all of a sudden that player sees a more attractive opportunity with mm-hmm. the growth of, of, of super rugby Americas and says, you know what, I'm going to, I like the deal they're offering better yeah, than the one. He's, uh, and the I'm going to go with the, the best MLR, rugby. Yeah. You know, tough. tough. That's America. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Well, it's like, and to be fair, though, like, you know how many kids are developed in in Leicester's academy, but they play for Saracen, right. you know, so-and-so. The Irish are probably the it's only ones. doing that, business in the professional sport. 
I would say the Irish are the only ones who have it solely locked in. But again, they're the freaking it's they're the size of Maine. Like, of course, it's easy yeah. to do. Like, right? It doesn't count. Yeah. No, <laughs> if it, absolutely. New York had to be good at New York rugby. They probably do pretty well. Yeah, that's a fair point, right? Um, but you know, geographically so large, different unions certainly makes it tough. I think with Glendale, they have far less challenges because they're only focused on their one effort. You know, all roads kind of lead if you want to be playing at this level of competition to them for the moment. Could it become more difficult as you add other teams in North America, whether it be Canada or the US? Yes, absolutely. But I still think that the level of competition would be the most deciding factor. If you are a player who wants to pursue a professional career for the USA Eagles, you want to play play in a platform that gives you the best opportunity. And right now, um, this could be another great option for them. We don't know for sure yet, but it certainly might be a higher level of competition. And we'll only get to be able to tell as the season starts, February 18th, as a reminder for everybody. That will be the start. Obviously, it coincides with the opening of the MLR uh, in the same month. It'll be interesting to be able to judge the opening exchanges. Um, We do have a new side joining the MLR with the uh, Chicago Hounds. Uh, We have uh, the Glendale side joining there. So perhaps we'll find comparables between those two sides. Um, (laughs) In case you couldn't notice, there was some great uh, um, uh, uh, animations from John Cullen, old school. John Cullen (laughs) is available to teach all Hounds fans the proper handshake uh, at Hounds games. You're like, yeah, you're reminding me of like if somebody had to like sign a rugby match, you know, like. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, great logo, great colors. I can't, but, I can't be too mad about it. Oh, I thought there was a butt coming. Nope, nope. <laughs> I, 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 I was, I wanted to. New York makes it too easy to hate on everything they do. So Chicago came in, <laughs> good name, good logo, good colors. And then New hey, York- they've, got, they've got a heck of a team. If you look at it on paper, I mean, some of the signings from the uh, Gilgronis hey, and Gilgronis filling in and their coaching staff is, uh, looks I excellent. was on Twitter. I was on Twitter the other day. I think it was the Rugby Network or Rugby Pass or something. They're like, hey, what's your hot take? I was like, Chicago makes the playoffs. And, With the amount and, of continuity they have, just carrying over those players and the coaching style, we were talking about this a moment before, Rob, myself, and and somebody else. Um, but, uh, yeah, I believe that they, if they can get the organization and the structure in place, it could be a competitive side because they're carrying over a lot of momentum that was left behind oh, yeah. from L.A. and Gilbronies. You know, what, what question effort- do you have, Rob? You know, do we know how many MLR guys have signed with the Raptors? Is it is it seven? You know, guys that have have been so most recent. Uh, so wait, so let me qualify that. How many guys that played in the MLR last season? Or... Correct, or within the last two seasons, I guess. You know, that are now mm-hmm. potentially choosing this as an option. Um, you know, it's a good like, question. like the, the Christian Osbergs of the most world recent are, one. Are yeah, guys that you know, I'm I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, I and... I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm willing to be able to say I don't know either, but that's a good question. But I know that there's there's been talent going the other way. Will it come back to them? I don't know. Right now, I, I wonder what that team that would look team... like had they had this competition to play in and right. didn't lose some of those guys. You know, obviously this is great for Glendale because I'm sorry, the American Raptors. Um, yeah. You know, because they have this competition to play in, right? I mean, and I think it's yeah. some kudos need to be given to those guys for getting this done and. Um, you know, it's been a long time coming and, you know, to have that opportunity to play in this competition will be great for them. Yeah. January 2nd, they have their, their, their team assemble. So, um, but they haven't officially released a roster. So before we get too far away from the hounds, let me just say their, their 
efforts will be an abject failure unless they have bring your dog to the park day so that, you know, everybody brings their dogs to a game. I mean, it's only natural. All right. You heard it there. The marketing department for that, for that. It's a good idea. I mean, if you want fan engagement, think of anything you can to be able to get people involved. Um, and, and let's be fair, be, there will be a lot Dave, of barking going on if that happens. I think Dave, that's an interesting point. I'd be really interested so, to see if anyone trickles back to Glendale. Yeah. I mean, dependent on, on how the season goes, of course, but you know, look, worst case scenario and we're not going to go too far into this, but worst case scenario, they have already set a precedent in the MLR that if you're not ready, okay, you can wait another season with the Jackals. Which, by the way, when the Jackals play the Hounds, is that the dog fight? You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> there's got to be something there, right, down the road. So they've already set the that Michael precedent. Michael uh, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That was so, low-hanging fruit, boys. Yeah, so oh, if man. they don't, if they don't, and let's just say, I mean, obviously this is all just speculation. Nobody knows anything again. But let's imagine they don't for a moment. It would look like a dispersal draft again as they did with the Jackals. That means that they could go anywhere because the contract they signed is null and void. Um, and I don't think that they would, unless there's something different, but they don't retain the rights. But it'll be interesting to be able to see that if that didn't happen, Glendale would be poised to be able to reap the rewards uh, um, and from those those losses there. But as it stands, gentlemen, let's go once around the table to be able to finish this piece and ask your final thought on the value of this competition, the Super Rugby Americas being played in the U.S. with one side as the American Raptors participating, at least for now. And we start at where we started it all before with you, John Cullen, your final thought. Yeah, overall, I think it's positive. I think it's good. Uh, more exposure to high-level rugby, high-level competition. Um, gosh, who knows? Let's use them as a, a sleeper agent or something down there. Get some, Bring some information back of what they're doing. Bring back some passion. Bring back what it means to play for your country and for your club and how, how it feels to play against those guys for 80 minutes who really care. Like, we just got to use them as a double agent. Just bring back – Put it, get it me my uh, Looney Tunes, Michael's Secret Stuff sauce. In the cup. <laughs> let's, let's get it back up here. But no, I think it's going to be a good thing. More good rugby is good rugby. Well, that might very well happen if you, you know, if you fast forward a couple of seasons and you have American players picked up by sides in South America and under their coaching, uh, 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 you know, sides there. Bring back that influence, right? That's one of the great merits of having players go overseas and coming back is they bring that experience and knowledge with them. So who knows? Dave, what do you think? Yeah, I think plagiarism and rugby's fine. Let's let's take it. And, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's take it and bring it here. And you know, I'd I'd ask, you know, do, did it work for the Uruguayans? Did it work for the Chileans? And has it worked out for the Argentinians? And I, and I think the answer is yes to all of those. So yes, it's exciting. Yes, I think it's a good thing. Yes, I think it's a, exciting for a, a young Line Latu to be paired with an Argentinian nine who's got you know yeah. hundred caps. I, I think it's all good. It's all exciting. Um, and, and again, we want to look to the future and, uh, you know, we'll see where this thing ends up, you know, through two, three years down the road. I like it. I like it. Rob, what do you think? Well, what I think is Scott could not be with us. So I'm going to try to get him to represent somehow. And you know what? He's a fan of saying iron sharpens iron. Mm -hmm. And I think having these two competition is going to cause each of them to look a little bit inward and say, how can we do things better knowing that there's another competition out there, not only on the pitch, but also on the business end of things. And when you think about that opportunity, 
you know, in good old America, um, you know, any competition in capitalism creates a better product. And so uh, right. how can we say it's not a good thing? Yeah. And eventually, if it becomes big enough and it becomes consistent and it becomes viable, um, the MLR itself uh, would be able to have to raise their level of, of, of uh, player welfare, all the things, the competition, all of that stuff. And that's really a good thing, right? Because if USA rugby is being pushed forward in any way uh, possible, doesn't matter by what means or what may support it, as long as the end result is that it is getting better and collectively everybody will reap the rewards. So it sounds like everybody is in favor of the new Super Rugby Americas Championship finding its way with the inclusion of an American side. You as a fan can continue to be able to watch it and catch it from February 18th will be the opening exchanges. There will be 45 matches in total, seven teams, seven venues, culminating in a final in June. So it's going to be interesting to be able to follow this alongside the action that we traditionally have seen here in the U.S. with Major League Rugby. Uh, I, for one, will stay very, very close to it, uh, as I hope to be in Glendale for many of those matches as the announcer in the stadium. Um, and I will, of course, continue to be able to talk about it here on the show, um, as we hope you as fans will continue to be able to enjoy that content here with us week after week. As, as you know, we hope to be able to grow rugby one fan at a time. We do that with your help and the help of our partners all the way through. And also with the help of great guests like John and Dave. John, Dave, thank you for joining us here today. (laughs) I like it. I like it. All right. So, gentlemen, again, it's been a blast. Let us know what you think as a fan uh, by dropping a comment. You can follow us under the handle at RugbyRantPod. Let myself and the team know what you think. Do you believe that it is good for rugby overall? Do you believe that there are criticisms we did not cover? Let us know. The debate continues online under the handle at RugbyRantPod. And we will continue. Oh, I also forgot to be able to tell everybody that tuning in to watching this Uh, It's an important note to be able to make, and I don't want anybody leaving without this information. You can continue to be able to watch it free of charge on AmericanRaptors.com, all of the matches that the American Raptors are participating in. However, if you are looking to be able to catch the matches from the other sides participating as South American counterparts, you'll have to be able to do so on uh, the um, local South American ESPN Plus feed um but before the all the american raptor games it'll be aired live and in real time through the americanraptors.com website so there you have it thank you very much gentlemen it's been another great exciting episode here and we will bid these guys farewell but not before one more time thanking them for joining us here thank you john thank you dave and we'll catch you at the next one we'll be back in just a few moments with one of our sponsors sharing a little bit more Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.